Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, glad to have you along for the next hour. Checking out the text line. I haven't even opened it. We already got some banter on the text line? Yep. Paycom needs some updating, but the Thunder don't even fill the seats at Paycom. I don't think that's true. Maybe right the second it's true. Define fills the seats. Sell out every night? I think we've seen in the past that has happened. Sure. And I think we're about to see, once again, I mean, it's just the ebb and flow of being good or not. I think people text this text line thinking the morning animals are going to see it. Maybe so. That's us. We we can try to relate to them. Don't worry about it. But uh, that's fine. We'll take that opinion, too. At least it's not a tradio text. Yeah, that's true. No, I mean... I understand if you just look in this small window of time since the, not the rebuild, what did Sam Presti call it? Re, it wasn't, it was. Reimagining? A, yeah, re, something like that. It was a, it was a more softer term than rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. If you just look at the, the last couple of years of that, then sure. Okay. They don't fill it. Go back to 10 before. Yeah. Place was near packed each and every single night. And that's obviously what they're building back towards with this Thunder 2.0. And as we, you know, we really haven't talked a ton about this, so I'm glad uh, this text came through. The way that it's going to get built is the same way that the Pioneer Center got built. A sales tax, a half cent sales tax, which, by the way, is still it, maps that happened a long time ago. It, it's not even a, no one's even voting for something new. It's just an extension of what's already in place. And just as it was genius here in that. You know, like half of the sales tax comes from the citizens of Elk City and the other half come from everybody around here that comes here. Arguably more. Yeah, could be more. You look at I-40. That's right. And the number of cars that pass through and and stop. And you think about the metro area. Same thing, yeah. Same thing. Norman, Edmond, Yukon, whatever it is, everybody's contributing. Right. So... I would argue that, yes, uh, get the arena and find a way to get more hotel rooms in Oklahoma City, which they're constantly building and looking at expanding more to put more beds in ho- in hotel rooms in Oklahoma City. Uh, to com- you know, you want to be a big league, big league city. It's not a lot about 
having a big league team. It's about being able to host big league events. And, and you know, there's reasons why, for, for a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons is why Oklahoma City doesn't get an all-star game because it, it, it requires so much just outside of a game, the entire city. And But, um, no, the arena thing, yeah, that, that is it a need or a want? Maybe a little bit of both. But yeah. here's the deal. You want to keep Oklahoma City thunder? You want to keep the thunder? You have to be proactive like this. Because <laughs> did we forget a big reason why they left Seattle? Say, because I'm, the city did not support building a new arena. They I'm thought Key enough. Arena was fine. I'm old enough to remember they voted the it down. Here. They voted it down. They, the people, and the owner said, okay. And there's going to be a difference of opinions about that, how squarely that went down. But that was a big reason why. He wanted a new arena for the team that he bought. Mm-hmm. And the city said they voted it down. That was evident enough for him to say, okay, I'll bring it back to my home state. And listen, I get it. If it was something new, I can understand the angst, but it's nothing new. It's just an extension of what's been going exactly. on. Exactly. Exactly. Anyhow. But there's always differing of opinion. And mm-hmm. and I can understand that, you know, when you, when you start seeing these these franchises being sold, I mean just last week, Washington Redskins franchise sold for six something bill what 6.05 billion dollars and i can understand where everyone's going they've got the money why can't they just pay for it but if you had the ability to use someone else's have part of someone else's money to build your house are you just gonna say nah no thanks i'll use my own of course not yeah it's kind of a partnership anyway. A couple more from the text line. Paycom Arena is not big enough for concerts. That's why concerts go to Tulsa. I agree in part with that. Um, a lot of the concerts are going to Tulsa because Paycom is booked with the Thunder. You know, during the season, it's hard to, you know, on a Saturday. Anyways, but there's that. But I agree with that. I mean, there are good concerts at Paycom. But maybe they need a new, mod- more modern arena to accommodate both. Well, here. Know. I mean, the. I mean, say not big enough. I mean, I've been in. Are we saying not enough people can get in or it's not built right? I, I don't know. I don't think that there's going to be some massive increase in seating with yeah. the new arena. No. What it'll have is way more amenities. Yeah. More suites, more, you know, bigger concourse. So that yeah. way more concession areas and all that kind of, you know, just a. Is when you, when you look. Do, do you know? I, I looked this up the other day because. I was curious when this conversation came up. Do you do you have any idea what the smallest seating capacity is in the NBA? Uh, n- not knowing the number, I would guess though. What Seattle? Like where? Uh, oh, uh, Sacramento. That's I just a guess. Sacramento, maybe um, maybe Salt Lake City. I don't know where. Do you, where is it? Atlanta. Atlanta. 
I would have probably thought New Orleans because when you look at the smoothest, New Orleans is next. Yeah, right next to the uh, Superdome or Mercedes Dome or whatever it's called. It looks tiny. So the average NBA arena seats eighteen thousand seven ninety. Atlanta's got sixteen thousand six hundred. Oklahoma City, eighteen thousand two hundred three. So just barely, barely below league average. And here's what's interesting about this to me is when you look who's below Oklahoma City, you start to see some of the newer arenas mm-hmm. yeah. because they've taken seating out in order to accommodate the high rollers, Sweets. more high end. Yes. So like the like Golden State. Right. Brand new arena. It's got less than, than Paycom. But, well, you know, it's The kind Bucks, of, brand new arena. It's got less. Think of it like this, like – some of the best college basketball gyms are the small ones because they pack them in there and it just and it seems louder, right? How much does Fog Allen hold? How much, you know, Gallagher Arena, good example. Now I know they expanded, but back before the expansion, remember how awesome that place oh, was? Oh, I think there's tons of OHU fans listening right now that have had experiences in both versions of Gallagher Iba that long for the days of the old one. Even though that new one is mm-hmm. dang nice. Hey, let's go back to the high school level. Here, right here, right here. I'll, uh, nothing against the Pioneer Center. It right. is oh, it's the awesome. Gym of Western Oklahoma, and Gym spelled G E M. But the 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 old high school. I remember being a Clinton Red Tornado coming over, thinking we get to go over that sweat box and get beat mm-hmm. because they're going to be crazy. We got to sit shoulder to shoulder to people, and, and it was I mean, loud. people passing in the basketball, and you're breathing down their neck. On the sideline. Yeah. Well, the those nor- are the, those the are- northeast side of that gym where all the students were. That was uh, had to have been a little bit intimidating for people coming oh, yeah. in. Yeah, absolutely. And then after we would lose, we'd have to walk through the Oak City fans to get out of there. <laughs> but at the same time, the amenities that are afforded in the in the new in the Pioneer Center, it's uh, it's so much more comfortable to be oh, in. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Now, newer is not necessarily a bad thing. And I think they've done everything they can do to the Paycom over the years, dating back since when it was the Ford Center. They, you know, adjusted it for the end, for the Thunder coming in, and they've done things since then. I think they've done everything they can. Yeah, and that's a great point here. Issue isn't the seating, it's the underbelly concerts the load in load out areas it's not big enough the way that bok is yeah and it's yeah it's the you're right you, you can only you can only remodel something so much before you're you just got to build it more specifically for things mm-hmm. you get to a point where okay we've done as as good as we can and you know the the ford center slash paycom center Chesapeake, whatever. Chesapeake. Yeah. It's it's getting up there. It's crazy to think about, but it, it's like behind Madison Square Garden and I think the Target Center in Minnesota, it's like third oldest yeah. arena, which is just crazy to think yeah. about, but it's the way it is. I mean, yeah. Time is crazy when you think about you know how old we are. I guess I've joined an exclusive club now where I can say old, but... I remember when it was built. I remember thinking that yeah. is an odd, you know, and it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was. Yeah, it was. And I think this is a great text that we got, and I, 
I could not agree with this more. I've never understood going against a tax that is already in place that improves and upgrades your quality of life. I I think that sums it up about as well as it can possibly be um, summed up. I I get so – in the news when I cover this stuff, I get so frustrated when people question that. that It's like it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change your pocketbook. It doesn't change your bank account. It does Nothing changes. It just makes your life better. Yeah. Anyhow. Oh, well. What, good, it's good, good stuff. Take, uh, yeah, I like. I mean, I like talking about. It's it. good conversation for sure. Okay, coming up, a little baseball. The Angels have they have taken Otani off the trade market. Do you believe them? I. And then, if you do, I'll, why? Okay. Uh, have you noticed what Spencer Strider is doing? Hey, I got one better. Who is Spencer Strider? <laughs> Maybe a better question for everybody. He pitches for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, okay. I should know that. No, I don't. I have not. You noticed. didn't know who that was. Uh, I didn't. I, oh, I thought you were kidding. Oh no, he's dominating like very few before him have at this age, at the young age that he's at. Where's your confidence in your Rangers to make the playoffs? What do they need to do at the deadline to maybe increase uh, that a little bit? After last night, I have an opinion about them too, and it's a good one. <laughs> Scott. Yeah, it's not like you're getting a refund right. check if they repeal the tax. Yeah, no, it's still gone. That's true. So we got a little baseball. Um, Oklahoma stayed hot on the recruiting trail yesterday with a with a 2025 guy uh, from Lee Summit High School in Missouri. Did you say Oklahoma State? Oklahoma. Oh, oh I stayed. stayed. Oklahoma State. Oh, I got you. Hot. Uh, Kamari Moore, defensive lineman. It's uh, notable what high school that is for what may be coming up here next week. David Stone's going to make an announcement today. What do you think that is? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I got a lot of opinions today because I've got an opinion about that. So Will williams Winery didn't make it to the Sooner Summit deal going on here at the end of the summer. He's from Lee Summit High School, the number one player in on three for this year. Recruiting class, are you concerned? And then, don't look now, but when you head out to your local high school this year, pay attention to a bunch of juniors. This, I don't remember this many Oklahoma kids being in like the top 300 of ESPN's rankings, you know, that rivals 250. There's like seven or eight guys, depending on what, you know, if you kind of combine them. There's like seven or eight guys that are ranked in the top 300. I don't ever remember there being that many. And there's some other guys that are D1 kids that aren't on those lists either. It's one of the best classes I can ever remember, the 2025. The guys are going to be juniors this year as far as recruitable Division I football players in the state. Uh, Colorado, it's finally happening. Coming back to the Big 12, it's all just kind of – I think the Big 12 presidents unanimously, unanimously accepted them or offered them. Now it's just the go through the, the motions today. I, I think by the end of the day, I think you're going to know that Colorado's coming to the Big 12 next year. Who's coming? What an amazing – who else could be coming? And what an amazing job. We, we got on Bob Bowlesby a lot, and, and rightfully so for some different things. But, man, did he do it unbelievable job at keeping this conference viable that now Brett Yormark can take that 
torch and run with it. Because think back to two summers ago, in July of 2021, when everybody found out that Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC, show of hands, how many thought that two years later, the Big 12 would be the third strongest conference in the country? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's what we got to talk about today. 225-9698. Phone or the text line. Text line's already blowing up. Yeah, 225-9698. Hey, if you're going to be outside the listening area one of these days, you want to listen to us live, it's so easy to do. Log on to KADSAM.com or download the app. The app's got it all. You can listen to the radio, you can check out the Penny News, and you can watch high school sports with Big L and Paragon TV once that gets going as well. Skinny on Sports Podcast is available anywhere uh, that you get other podcasts. You can find us right there as well. So what are your, your initial thoughts, Jared? Uh, Colorado coming back to the Big 12. A good move for them. I think the Pac-12 is slowly imploding as, as it appears, and they're going to turn into a almost a mid-major type conference if they go and get someone like San Diego State and Boise State to replace UCLA and USC. Um, so I, it's a good move. I, I think I, mean, I saw breaking news on my phone. It said Colorado mulling. And I thought, this isn't breaking news. We've we, that There's been a lot of smoke to that fire for a while. Uh, but what was really shocking was in the same day, we, we the vote came down. So they're fast-tracking this, and I don't think it's done. I think this is going to be maybe even before the season kicks off, we're going to hear of more Pac-12 teams coming with Colorado because usually this thing happens in twos or fours and um, coming this way because, I mean, the Big 12 kind of buried themselves with um, this non-existent TV deal, or it is, but it's not as good as the people thought it was and or what coaches think it is. Um, I'm paraphrasing what you said yesterday. I'm giving you credit for that. And I am I think uh, Dion wants to be in Big 12 country for recruiting purposes. So um, I think it's a good move for Colorado. And it's good for the Big 12 because I questioned the Big 12 bringing in schools like Houston and Cincinnati and um, uh, 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 Central Florida and who I'm missing? BYU. BYU. BYU is a good get, but you know those. You know, getting those four to replace OU in Texas, I still didn't feel like it was enough, and they were dangerously becoming one of those AAC conferences with steroids. You know, because they still had OSU. It was a it was good for any conference, in my opinion. Um, you know, and in, in, in Baylor and TCU and them, but bringing Colorado in and then who could come with them, I think, almost excites me more. Because I think there are some that could be very intriguing. So yeah, I give Bullsby credit for you know somehow keeping the conference together way back when, and this new guy coming in who's very I don't know young and hip and Mr. Belding's brother. We've mentioned that, mm-hmm. and 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 it appears that he's making the Big Twelve at least uh, a pretty pretty respectable conference after OU and Texas leaves. But that but. To finish my thought, like I said, I am excited to see what happens after this. Who's coming next? Because it's not just going to be Colorado. I think we can agree on that. It's not just going to be the Buffs. It's someone else is coming. Yeah, maybe a whole bunch of someone else's. Yeah. I I know that in the immediate aftermath of, of Oklahoma and Texas leaving and then those four coming in, it was it did, did seem like a little bit of a, huh, you lose OU in Texas, and you replace with those. It felt desperate. It it did, but at the and it was, 
But at the same time, I think that was the move that allowed this to happen. Because if you read through you know, Colorado's side of this, and they mentioned stability, and because of those four schools joining that will start this year here in the Big 12, that offered the stability that then in turn allowed Brett Yormark to take over the reins from, Balls, from uh, Bob Bowlesby and then get in front of the Pac-12 when it came to television rights and getting that deal done that then you, you know good and well as, as these are being negotiated, as they're being nailed down, then you all then from there you can go show, okay, here's what we've got. Colorado, here's what you'll add. You know what I mean? Yeah. From, yeah. from you know, because obviously, if they, if four Pac-12 teams come to the Big 12, that raises that number significantly. But because Bob Bowlesby was proactive enough to get those other four in this conference and then nail down, you know, be able to to help Brett Yormark nail that down. Now you have the opportunity to take advantage of the instability that's going on throughout the West Coast in the Pac-12. And so uh, it's incredible what is the turn of events because I think both of us in July of 2021 when it filter, it started filtering out that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the Big 12, I think both of us in our heart of hearts would have said, RIP Big 12, where's everybody going? Yeah. And how stupid – does the Pac-12 look for not immediately ending it? All they had to do, and you can pick whatever four that was still here, I don't care, pick four, and take them west. And the Big 12 is done, and the Pac-12 is where the Big 12 well, is now. They've had two opportunities to Twice. do that. Yeah, they could have done it clear back when A&M and Nebraska exactly. and in and Colorado talks, left the first like, time. I remember for like a day or two, I'm thinking – Looks like OU and OSU and Texas and someone else was go Tech maybe was going west. I I thought that was going to be a done deal. I thought I was going to wake up the next day and hear we're going to have USC coming to Norman in two years or something like that. And instead, they fumbled the, that too. Well, the the arrogance of the universities out there. And the, the the haughty nature of their academics have now destroyed that conference. Because here's the deal. Those conferences they they don't they didn't form these conferences for academic bowls. They formed these conferences to make it easier to schedule athletic events. These are athletic conferences. It says it in the name. Pacific Athletic Conference. It doesn't say academic conference. It says athletic conference. But the academic side of those universities out there are the downfall of their athletic conference. Who's coming? Who's coming with them? With Colorado, in your mind. Oh, man. I um, Now, you've heard rumors, but... I want to say now. I want to say the Arizona schools, in maybe like a Utah, like I, you know, again, I think this happens in twos and fours. So, just for geography wise, 
that just seems like that's more natural. You keep them close. That's kind of better for you know someone like Tech, Houston, Colorado. You know, you get Arizona's Arizona State and Utah. But I think the more intriguing teams are someone like Oregon or Washington, somebody like that. And you've heard some stuff. Seen some stuff. Uh, yeah, and it's it's kind of kicking up even today. I, I saw that Oregon's having a kind of thrown together board of whatever meeting all of a sudden. If I'm the Big 12, <clears throat> I mean, I think as cool as Colorado is and with Dion and all that and coming back into the fold as a former member of the conference. <laughs> I saw, sorry, I saw a tweet. As, I had Nebraska going, wait, you can go back? Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, Nebraska. Yeah. So as cool as that is, I think it, of the, the remaining Pac-12 members, Oregon and Washington are the bells of the ball. Yeah. So if you're the big, if you're Brett Yormark, and we obviously know that Oregon and Washington are holding out hope that that Big Ten invite is coming. But what if it's not? How long do the. I wonder how much this kind of kickstarts and puts them into motion. And, and if I'm Brett Yormark, I say, listen, are you going to set out there and die on the vine waiting? Or you want to come here and here's what I'll do for you. If that Big Ten invite does come some point down the line, go. No strings attached. Go on. Because, well, here's the thing. I don't know that that Big Ten invite is ever coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gamble, but... But it is... is, What's better for Oregon and Washington? Ten years in the Big Ten... In the Big 12, and then... Or... And then for the Big 12, what's better? Ten years of Oregon and Washington or none? Yeah. That's a win-win for them both. I think it is. Yeah. And yep. everybody, everybody kind of knows the deal. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all to to see with this move at least that that smoke start to mm-hmm. to flare up. Now, whether or not it actually happens or not, I don't know. I think there's some interesting things out there, like with like Utah. I mean, we would sit here and go, "Well, it makes total sense. The Holy War would be a oh, conference yeah, that, game. That'd be great." But I don't know if Utah and BYU think that they don't want that. I don't know. Man. You think that'd make it more attractive for both of them? You would, but maybe they don't want to be in this. Maybe there's that they don't want to be in the same conference. Yeah. You know, we got the wish list, but I think the realistic stuff will be. You know, what if Oregon? How much are they married to Oregon State? No, I don't think so, okay. and I don't think Washington's married to Washington State. Yeah, that's where I was going. Like, are they going? Hey, listen, you could have us, but you got to take our little brothers with it. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And so. And I also wonder how much the Arizona schools, because when you, it, it seems like Arizona is ready. Arizona State still kind of, eh. so would would they go? Is there a chance we could see Arizona, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington? 
in yeah maybe in Utah and Arizona State. Why would they stay around though? How about this? So well, I feel like all six could go right now. Yeah, not that Arizona or Arizona State, not in recent memory since the '90s. Anyways, have they had any chance of winning the Pac-12 and or qualifying for the Rose Bowl? But you think the Rose Bowl has anything to do with this as far as? The affiliation that the Pac-12 has with the Rose Bowl, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're a little reluctant. We really like the Rose Bowl, or or do bowl affiliations like that? I mean, you know, granddaddy of them all. Oh, that Rose Bowl—it's got some mystical power over everybody. I don't right, get it. Right? I mean, it does. does. It? it does. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Over, but it, it, over college football as a whole, almost. But it at lost time. its. It lost USC and UCLA. They didn't care. Well, they went to the pack, the Big Ten. Yeah, who they got a, like, Yeah, who cares? Never mind that. Forget what I said. But as far as those other schools go, Colorado, they've barely been in the conference, and I don't think they've ever been to a Rose Bowl since being in the Pac-12. They don't care. But do you think schools like Oregon or Washington, you know, I really don't. We Our fans really like the Rose Bowl. We don't want to We don't wanna go to the Cotton Bowl after <laughs> finishing runner-up in the Big 12 and missing out in the playoff. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there's probably some of that just because of or the Sugar Bowl. I think Oregon fans want to fly all the way to New Orleans. Maybe some do. They'd rather go to L.A. than New Orleans. I don't know if that is something they consider. Uh, I bet so, just because it's the Rose Bowl. But ho- I mean, you would like to think that that wouldn't keep it. Because what in the world is the TV deal going to be for the Pac-12? Just say two teams. Just say it's – let's say Colorado – and Arizona leave. It's smaller. Maybe it doesn't do as much negatively because there's two two less mouths to feed, and and the money stays similar. But I mean, it's hilarious right now to me that everyone's so happy about Colorado being here, and there's only it's just because of Dion. Yeah, and you know the the affiliation back with Colorado as a former Big Eight and. Big 12 team. Well, the Colorado in the Big 8, the Big 12, was cool because of the games that they got with, well, Nebraska. Oh, sure. And OU and Texas and Missouri. Those were fun games. and Well, that's not necessarily there. And there's always something about but, a but, giant buffalo running on the field. Oh, that's very cool. And yeah. in Colorado just feels like it's more in Big 12 country anyways. But I know geography doesn't matter when this – realignment happens it just doesn't matter it's i mean hell notre dame could be in the sec yeah i know so let's <laughs> so let's just let's just really get this way out there so right now the big 12 will have what 13 teams next year right they're at 14 they lose two gain one 12 and then game one 13 then so let's yeah. give them three more Okay. We're going to give them Utah and the Arizonas. Okay. So that gets them to what, 18? No, 16. Yeah, 16. 16 teams. So that gets them to 16, which that's where everybody else is. Right now. Yeah. Or going to be. Going to be. And there, and then there's still. After UCLA and USC go to. That's right. So then you, you've got Oregon and Washington sitting out there. That are prized possessions. 
and you've also got Stanford and Cal. Academically, Who that wants them? Big Ten, clearly. That would be where they would want to go. So let's give those four to the Big Ten. Puts them at 20. That puts them at 20. How can the Big 12 get to 20? Well, they got to go. They got to find. Is it? Is it Oregon yeah, I mean, State, it's gonna, Washington it's State? It's going to be some of the Pac-12 leftovers and maybe even someone. They don't need the market, but maybe someone like SMU, Boise State. Boise State I don't know. But you got to start looking at those schools, those, those mid-majors that's had success. I mean, it, it, listen, there's no better, better story or blueprint on how to make the jump from a mid-major conference to a major conference than TCU, right? That's right. So it can be done. I mean, there, there's clear – evidence of making a jump to a big conference and having success it can be done so that shouldn't scare anybody by bringing in a boise state or an smu colorado state colorado state san diego state yeah san diego state's athletic department's not bad so you ended up with four that way for the big 12 so now you've got you've got four conferences does the sec Poach four and the ACC kind of goes away. Maybe, yeah, that's where does they, it does they it become kind four. of the basketball yeah. league with like, say the Big East, the Connecticut's and the Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Does it kind of who's left over merge down to that? Who would those be? Or do we have to get clear to 24? To I, I'm not sure exactly where this is but, headed. But the point is, and this started way back. I mean, that's where you can start it is when A and M left for the SEC and Nebraska left and Colorado left Missouri it it is we are that's what started the formation of super conferences now we are almost pedal to the metal here towards hurling towards super conferences so do you, are, are, are we on the way there oh, I think it, we're there yeah it's the only question is in my mind is there going to be three or four that's the only question. I mean, a lot of dominoes are going to drop. Because everybody – the ACC signs such a long-term deal that everybody that's getting negotiating TV contracts right now gets to do it again before the ACC gets to. Wow. They're clear through like 37. And everybody else is going from now to like 31. Yeah, that's and those school, the Florida States and the North Carolina, they have to look at that and go. Yeah, we don't want to. Oh wait my around. lord! Yeah, we went out. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But uh, kudos to Bob Bowlesby. That's not something we've said on this program very often at all. Well, you go ahead and say it. I'm not going to do it. Well, I'm, go ahead. I, I already did. I already gave him enough credit. His, but uh, seriously, what what seemed like a a junior high move to bring in some of those mid-major schools has turned into solidifying the Big 12 as a power conference moving forward. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that that's what happened. Is Colorado done by the end of the day? I think it is. Yeah, I think it's already done. Uh, the real question is by the end of the week, which is tomorrow – you're saying Oregon, Oregon's meeting about something. A, some kind of meeting so today. we could hear at least hear some rumors that 
they might the ducks might be flying to the Big Twelve by the end of the week. Oh, Who knows? Awesome. We'll be back. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's the 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, handoff to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Man, just about the time you think conference realignment talk is over, according to George Kleokloff, it was. Wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's a big reason why Colorado's coming back. Stuff like that. All right. Um, where do you want to go next? Uh, we can stay in the college football world, talk about OU recruiting. Yeah, so Kamari Moore, defensive lineman from Leeds Summit, Missouri, committed to the Sooners yesterday. He's a 2025 guy, so he's still mm. just going to be a junior in high school. Of note, though, Leeds Summit, Missouri, uh, is some teammates that he has. Isaiah Mosey, who is a 2025 wide receiver who was in town in Norman yesterday with Kamari Moore. He's a top. 100, 150 type guy uh, that's a junior. And then his defensive line teammate coming up this fall is the number one player, according to On3, in the entire country, Williams Winery. A lot of people thought he was going to be there. He ended up not coming. And, of course, Sooner fans flipped out because I think there's some recruiting PTSD from David Hicks a year ago and the way that all transpired when it looked like Hicks to Norman was tra- it really was trending on Twitter and then he went to AM. Uh, from what I could gather, uh, listening and reading, Williams Winery didn't come to Norman because he got in trouble at home and his parents wouldn't let him. Now, good job, mom and dad. Listen, if that, that could also be a smokescreen and a, an excuse, but I don't know if it was red alert time just yet to, to be worried oh. because that announcement's supposed to come. He got put in timeout. So that's, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's, that announcement's supposed to come next week sometime hmm. at the first, toward the 1st of August. So anyhow, the Sooners stay hot. And then sitting on our back patio, my phone buzzes. I see Jared Ath and I'm wondering, what in the world? Did something mess up? And I look down and David Stone, defensive lineman, grew up in Oklahoma at IMG, Yesterday afternoon, he was taking visits to Alabama and A&M coming up in the fall. Then you sent me that text that showing the tweet that he's got an announcement coming tomorrow, which is today. What in the world is going on? Well, he didn't say he's going to commit tomorrow. He said he has an announcement and, yeah. tomorrow. That can mean anything. He's going to announce what he's going to have for lunch. He's going to going to and I. 
I told you he could be announcing his commitment date, which could be in December or on, on National Signing Day, the meaningless one. Um, I don't know. But he's a guy that really likes the spotlight, though. He likes people talking about him. He likes people doing what we just did last night, freaking out. So, I don't know. Does that give you a red flag on him? Does that make you pause and go, is this the guy? He he kind of reminds me of a guy like Gerald McCoy. You Boy, know, if he, that's but, right, I hope he goes to OU. Well, yeah, <laughs> performance-wise, but off the field, he was a real vocal guy, nice guy, but not not. But he kind of feels like that. But in today's world, I don't know. I mean, Twitter and Facebook. I guess back then it was more of a MySpace era, but social media wasn't so prominent back then. But I was having this conversation last night about you know that tweet and this guy and and he was very put off by him. He said I'm I'm kind of put off by this guy because he just really loves the spotlight and and it just screams, you know, if he doesn't get enough playing time in his first year, he's going to hit the portal and go somewhere else. What do you think? Does it does it raise a flag for you? I would much rather it be this than a guy that commits and decommits and goes everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what bother that that's when I'm going, "Okay, wait a minute." I don't want any part of that commits and say i'm reopening my commitment yeah and, and then, then go you know, then, yeah, you know yeah. two or three different ones because because that's when you see the four or five schools in a in a career now with the, the portal open yeah yeah exactly so i that doesn't i mean it's just the way it is as as much as but maybe somebody as, as nice as it was to see the offensive lineman there that eugene brooks just put out a little it wasn't, it wasn't like a giant announcement. He just kind of put out his little Twitter deal. Hey, I'm coming to you. Yeah. As nice as that is, it's not the real world. But the Especially if, yeah. if you'll notice, five-star defensive linemen, yeah, they don't come around very often. The running back, did you watch the commitment last week? The, oh, yeah. The, Taylor Tatum. It's okay, 11 a.m. Well, I tune in about, I don't know, 10 till, 5 till. Commitment didn't come down to like 11.20. 11.45 almost. Yeah, like, let's get on well, with it. Well, they had this. the whole show. Uh, they had a big show. Reminded me, like, are, are we going to do that? I thought about it. <laughs> That's what I did, too. I'm sure Coach Maynard's going to produce uh, some high-level recruits here in the there near we future. Go. We can do that for him, absolutely. And just bug the hell out of everybody in the country waiting <laughs> waiting for the kid to say his – you know, because really and truly they had about four segments, and the first three were exactly the same. Yeah. And then finally, the fourth was get it done. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, I, I it's really listen. The whole red flag stuff, the whole wanting the attention thing. I think it's all worth it if you can get a shot of him coming to Norman. Oh yes. And then seeing what happens. If he hits the portal, he hits the portal. At least we had a shot at trying to get him on the field and playing him. He's that much of a special of talent, and I'm sure someone has told him, listen. Enjoy this process. Oh, sure. Enjoy it. So he's that's what he's doing. He said, I got an announcement tomorrow. And it's probably something very, like, oh, that's it? I'm wearing a blue shirt. And watch people freak out. Blue, he's going to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's, yeah. It's fun to watch the interaction of those guys that you know that Oklahoma's in on. Because as soon as he put that on Twitter, Caden Durham, which is running back from Duncanville, that most people 
His, his announcement's coming up sometime in uh, August, I believe. And most people think he's coming to Norman. As soon as David Stone put that out there, Caden Durham tweeted at him, if you're not committing, I don't care. Yeah. And then David Stone went back with, you go first. And then Caden Durham was like, what about tomorrow? <laughs> you know, wow. It, it, it's all just playing around, they're, they're just you think. Stirring it up, man. Yes. Yeah. They're not – yeah, they're not – yeah, it's 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 funny. They they know exactly how to spin this and how to work the Twitter sphere. And sure they do. Freak people out. And, yeah. I mean – but I say you're only recruited once, but that's not a case anymore. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you only get to go through this once in high school. Right. No, I don't anticipate a commitment today. Yeah, here it is. I thought you were first. Well, what about tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, you could spin that a whole bunch of different ways, but I think if you're an Oklahoma fan, the way that that seems like teammates messing around with each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as much as, listen, the David Stone thing is going to be, I, I have no idea how long it's going to take for him to officially commit. But I'll just say this. I don't think there's any chance in the world that Jaden Jackson, his teammate at IMG, commits to Oklahoma the way he did a couple of weeks ago when it looked for all the world like Texas was winning that battle. Something changed for Jaden Jackson to commit to OU. And in my mind, that something is, David Stone said, I'm going to OU. I just haven't told anybody yet. Makes sense. Yeah, and I said this last week on the beach. Might have had a few cold ones in me when I texted you. I said, this is all, all well and good, but... This hot recruiting for OU, but it feel kind of hollow if they can't get Stone, who's an Oklahoma kid. Oh, yeah, I've said that from the very beginning. I'm with you on that. It, that's that's a horrible signing. Because it's, it's about – and that's a big thing is there are good players in this state, and you've seen a lot of them go up to Kansas State. Look at the Lockett boys, and the list goes on and on. You want to keep them in state. Yeah, for both. I mean, it's OU and OSU. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Dax Hill, his brother was a running back at Oklahoma State, and they couldn't keep him here. He went to Michigan. Yeah. And a first-round pick. Yeah. Speaking of a lot of good players, we'll talk yeah. about that next. The junior class in the state of Oklahoma is one of the better ones I can remember. Let's pick that apart. When we come back, Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. 
the Skinny on Sports. Just a bit outside. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping it up here on a Thursday morning. On the text line, a guy that's seen as many high school football games as anybody that I can think of. David Stone might be the most dominating player I've ever seen, and he was just a sophomore when I saw him. That was back when he was playing. Del City. Yeah, Del City. Yeah. Yep, that's got to get him on campus. Got to at least get a shot at him. Yeah, I mean, he's been to Oklahoma more than anywhere else. He's been a lot of places, though. But I just I'll I'll continue to believe with the commitment of Jaden Jackson, his teammate at IMG. I'll continue to believe that David Stone will be a Sooner until he signs with somebody else. Just my my feeling on it. Now, one reason why not only important to keep David Stone in state, but man, when you look at the class for next year, the ju- the guys that'll be juniors on the football field this fall in the state of Oklahoma. It's like eight dudes that are in the top 300-ish, depending on which, you know, if you kind of combine all the different services or what have you. There's like eight of those guys, plus a couple that I know, well, one, Cooper Alexander, the tight end from Washington, the other tight end from Washington, Stevenson, he's going to play Division One football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Shieldknight is starting to get uh, from Wagner. We talked about him a little bit yesterday. He's starting to get some buzz as far as being a, a guy that's D1. But, man, when you look up and down, I mean, we, think about this. Right here on the field at, at, at Big Elk Stadium, we're going to see three of these guys next uh, in the fall. C.J. Nixon is on all these lists uh, from Weatherford. And then Kevin Sperry, the OU commit at quarterback, Playing for Carl Albert. Tristan Haynes is a guy in the secondary for Carl Albert. Obviously, Xavier Robinson, who isn't a junior, but man, uh, the state of Oklahoma next year, when you look up and down, Jaden Nickens is a guy that a lot of people really like from Millwood. Uh, mentioned Nate Roberts, the tight end from Washington. Cooper Alexander, tight end from Washington. Uh, Elijah Thomas, Shakota, he's a receiver. And then Caden Knighton's running back from Winniewood, who is already committed to Vanderbilt. Must be a smart dude. And there's more that aren't on those lists yet that'll be – I mean, we could see as many as, I think, 15 Division One players come out of the state of Oklahoma in one – that's that's a lot. You have to go back to well, and you know what numbers like that. Did you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, Dax Collins, that's another one. The running back from uh, Poto, he's going to Tulsa. You know, so that number may even be higher than that. Yeah, that's awesome. So pay attention this year and next. I mean, we've mentioned, um, you know, locally, you know, Nixon, you mentioned him and, and Weatherford and their stout group of uh, now juniors, this class that you're talking about. But, um, yeah, so when you're out watching football, and we'll see a lot of football between now and when this class is done, we're, we're probably going to see a lot of good football. It's awesome. It's what you want in the state, right? Yeah, you want that. Now you hope you can see them wear crimson cream and orange and black mm-hmm. and maybe even Tulsa colors. Yeah, you want to keep them in the state. Yeah, that's right. And I think that there's been – it's just – it's easier for Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, Tulsa, put them in there. Yeah, it's easier 
to keep an Oklahoma kid home than drag a kid out of another state. You know, it it's just yeah, it just comes with the territory and and the population here and the we just hadn't seen a group like this very often. That's that's coming up next year uh, to just that many recruitable high-level D1 athletes all at the same time. Who gets credit for this? Is it just an, an anomaly? It just happened to happen all in this one class? Or is this is this something going back, like building the interest of football, uh, camps, seven-on-seven? Seven? I mean, who's getting credit? Maybe a little bit of everything sprinkled in? Maybe so. I, I think if this continues, then we can start looking around at why. If it doesn't, then it's just pure happenstance. That these kids all were the same age. Because there was a time not too long ago, at least in my mind, where I was I was a little scared about participation in high school football. In some programs, you see the numbers were lagging, the development was lagging. They didn't do the extra stuff they had to do, just because I don't know if it was a generational thing. But now I'm a little bit more encouraged. I, I think I'm seeing more, you know, more pride in in doing the extra stuff you see it right here in oak city you're you see it not just oak city other areas where there's some extra stuff going on the camps we've seen a couple camps right here in town and there's others like that i'm encouraged by these numbers it's awesome yeah it is and it just makes what we get to do and just happen to be able to see these guys it we makes like, it that, it makes we, it that much more interesting we right lo- not like we love quality football we do no doubt and we do not like going to games and go good night <laughs> wow uh you know we've been to those games we're seeing more quality as of late last two years we have definitely for sure we buried the lead on the of yesterday though again did you realize that there was somebody testifying before a congressional hearing? Yeah. That of, of all the days on my birthday, someone's said that we had there have been aliens. Yeah. I, the the one question I wish they a lot actually. There was one question that was not asked that had to been had to be asked to this guy. You know what it was? What's that? Is it dead or alive? Are we holding somewhere live aliens? The question the how the question was were there biologicals taken out of this wrecked what do they call them UAP mm-hmm. which is a UFO he said yes and it was asked was it human he said no well the next question should have been well what was it because what if it was like an unidentified object that another country was test flying with a monkey in it well he could he didn't lie he just said yeah it wasn't human you yeah, see what i'm saying i do but you're running it <laughs> it's no fun that no way. but yeah nobody cares about this jared you're talking about some drone with a monkey flying at landing that's not what we want aliens well sometimes the explanation is the most Obvious and simplest explanation. Do you think there are aliens amongst us? Amongst us, no. Do I think there are aliens? Yes. This universe is too big for us to be alone in it. 
I will agree. But I think there's a lot of what are described as UFOs and UAPs. Listen, when the Wright brothers first flew, there's probably people freaking out thinking that it's the aliens. Probably advanced technology that other governments, including our own, are not telling us about that they have developed. <sighs> You're throwing cold water on this conversation, Jared. <laughs> I'm just being logical, man. No, these people are from another galaxy. This this thing is from another galaxy. They don't. Our government and our other governments don't have the technological capabilities to build these things that go as fast as these others. That is what we've seen. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. <sighs> it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun to think that they're aliens, Jared. Independence Day. Yes, yeah, Sam's yeah, you right. You want Independence Day? Is that what you want? Sam's right. The NBA commissioner could be an alien. Yeah, sure guy, looks like one. That looks like an alien. There's a lot of people in the sports world that look like aliens. Sam Cassell. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. We'll be back tomorrow with the Garrison Financial Friday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.